as Texas fans would say. We're back! What's up, everybody? I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this is episode three of the Panther Pod. So, after a great week, a great week, Farm had an off week, but Cole, I just want you to listen to something real quick. It is the sound of beauty. Just. Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. Isn't that such a beautiful, beautiful noise, Cole? If we get sued for copyright, it's your fault. <laughs> I don't think I played that much of it. We'll see. It's a possibility. Yeah, it was a little over 30 seconds, but you know, it's okay. It's, okay. Eh, it's fine. We don't make money off this podcast anyways. <laughs> so, but uh, if you haven't already known, West Virginia got the dub this weekend by smacking LIU. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good week for LSU, too. Uh, obviously, I can't play any of LSU's music uh, because we are a non-explicit podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we aren't either. That's about the only thing. I mean, I could play Sweet Caroline. Uh, well, for all of you West Virginia fans who know what I'm talking about, um, for, be on the up and up. I, I can't say I can't even say what. A reference for ours because it's that bad. <laughs> anyway, LSU beat uh, McNeese State thirty-four-seven. Not mm-hmm. as good as sixty-six to nothing. I will give West Virginia credit. Yeah, but I mean, still something. Hey, I was gonna make the joke today if they had stayed at seventeen to nothing. That Cole, you smell that? You smell that, Cole? He's that would been be waiting there. to say this bit all day. It it it, it it's the smell of. Longhorn meat roasting over a nice, nice Ogeron hot seat. Mm. But but they did they didn't stay they didn't stay uh, seventeen nothing. It was just that at the half and most of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. You know what? Anyway, um, oh, yeah. Uh, but what we do want to get out of the way. So uh, we have realized. What our audio issues have, have been, as some of you listeners have pointed out to several of us that Cole sounds really far away from the mic, turns out they weren't even working. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're working on actively trying to get those up to speed. Um, it, it's it's a work in progress currently. Hopefully we can get it set up for week four Yeah, um, and give you guys what you guys deserve just for listening to us. Yes, because <laughs> we have faces for radio and apparently... Voices for silent movies as well. So, <laughs> anyway, yep. So, uh, but yeah, no, we're gonna get that fixed. We figured it out this week what was going on. So, we're gonna get that fixed, and hopefully, 
week four will be nice and crisp for all of you. So yeah. for all of you who take the your the two hours or hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes out of your day to listen, something like that, something like that. So, but yeah. But speaking of Texas. They're back, aren't they? Oh, they're so back. And we just love to see it. Oh, I'm so happy for them. The worst part about this is that they're not even in your conference anymore, Owen. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, they still oh, are. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. As long They as won't be in your they conference won't anymore. Be. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. However, however, I've been trying to say this all, like, the whole time that... Texas has been, and Texas gets ranked because of the Longhorn uh, name, because oh, yeah. because of that image, because of your Longhorn name, you get that recognition. Now, I will say Oklahoma not as much as, um, I will say not Oklahoma not as much, but because of their because of how competitive they are, and with Bob Stoops and all of them, and Baker, and just the quarterbacks that they've had over the years, they have certainly got that that um, their image up, I guess. Their brand. Their brand. Because oh, for the, sure. The Longhorn brand, I guess I should say. The Texas brand. Well, I mean, ever since Vince Young and, like, the last time they were really competitive, mm-hmm. um, they haven't been. Like, Texas fans will tell you that they are back every single year. <laughs> They're not. Just ask McConaughey. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's one of the craziest things in college football because you always want to stand by your team. And I fully get it. I mean, Jamarcus Russell, to me, is one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. And I feel like that's not really that arguable. Did he do good in the pros? No. No, he didn't. Vince Young, same case. He yeah. had two good seasons. But my point being... Um, Texas fans are crazy. Um, keep saying they're back every single year. Horns down. Just just horns, horns down in general. Just a big old horns down. That my favorite thing was seeing Arkansas Razorback Razorbacks just throwing the horns down. Oh, for sure. It was the I, I It was awesome. It because all of a sudden you get beat by Arkansas. Like that now you're on the level of Vandy. You just got whooped. <laughs> I mean, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. You, they just beat the snot out of you. 40, hey, man, forty to twenty-one, and you scored that last touchdown at the end of the game. Well, probably their um, what their their second string was in. Oh, second or third? Yeah, obviously. yeah. And you still have it, and you still running around with your, first, your you know your starters out there. So I mean, I here's the thing: Texas is not what they seem to be. They can they're 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 middle of the road. But people don't believe that. I mean, but, but they are. They're middle of the road. They're not, you know. Yeah. And I, I feel like until they find, like, until Texas realizes that they are not as good as what they could be, um, they they won't improve at all. No. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to move a little bit further into our intro. <laughs> um, were you watching the Notre Dame game at all? No, I watched a little bit of it. All <laughs> I watched enough of it to see freaking Jack Conan put his get his finger pop back in. Ugh. Ooh. Ooh. That I just I don't I don't I, I mean a, mm. kudos to him for being able to get back into the game and throw the game winning touchdown. Oh, gosh. But yeah. I ooh, no. That no, was he not. literally said, Coach, coach, pop it in, pop it in. And you just see him go, Oh, are we good? All right. 
and then takes off. It's like <laughs> like that. That's happened to me a few times. Uh, I have uh, never gone in the next play. Uh, like all, all fairness and all toughness uh, to him. He he deserves all the kudos uh, in the world. Uh, uh, I can't. Yeah, that that was uh, that was rough. Can you imagine? I'm sure it just sounded like you popped it, like you when you pop your. Oh yeah, no, it was one of those like good. Yeah, pops. I'm sure, but but it's nothing like a getting your shoulder popped back in place or anything. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't ever want to experience that. Oh, absolutely not. Um, but yeah. So, but also one thing to talk about is like Notre Dame has gone not into overtime, but they've had two close games in the past week. It's the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean. And I think this goes back to what we were saying in week one. Notre Dame is always hard to judge because they play really good schools, but they also play not really good schools. Toledo. Yeah, they, they play Toledo. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Vandy showed up on their schedule or Kansas. Speaking of, or, yeah, I mean, you think you – but it's so weird because you walk in again. But also – does that mean Toledo's really good and Notre Dame's, or does it mean Toledo's really good or Notre Dame's really bad, or does it, you know? But then you get look at Florida State; they got beat by Jacksonville State, and upset of the year. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and call that. That was, I mean, it's it's week two already, you know. Well, it's not week three when we're recording this, but it's been two weeks of football, and you're already yeah. like, it's like you you should know at least by week two for which programs to watch out for. And it's like Maryland whipping up on Howard 62 to nothing. That kind of, I mean, it doesn't absolve West Virginia of a loss, but like it makes you feel better to see that Maryland was destroying a team that they needed to destroy. Yeah. I mean, West Virginia did it as well. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think for Maryland, Daggy was much improved. I mean, yeah, when when he's throwing 14 for 22, 259, and three touchdowns, like. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, I mean, it's, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I felt better after watching the LIU game. Oh, for sure. Tech. I feel a little bit better than had we gone straight from Maryland to Tech. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have been good. So. Uh, especially if you lost that Maryland game. Um, and then having to go to uh, go back home and play tech. At home is nice. I mean, coming back home is nice, but it'd been real rough if we'd lose that one at Maryland and have to go to Lane Stadium. Yeah, that that would have been that would have been a morale killer for sure. For yeah. Team. And and you know it was nice to see all the fans back. I mean, still we we about packed it out fifty thousand for an FCS opponent. If that doesn't say something about Mountaineer Nation, we love our football. Oh, for sure. You know so. But we'll get more into the LSU and uh, West Virginia stuff. But some games I do want to talk about. I have them pulled up on my notes here. Um, Oregon versus Ohio State. I was very happy to see Ohio State go down in this one. 35-28. I was very pleased for this. I mean, Ohio State, they're going to be a perennial until they address the national championship. They're going to be a perennial top four team. Unfortunately. Just, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but what can you do? Well, and see, that goes back to the 12-team playoff and 14-team yeah. playoff. You know, I I will – 12 teams is going to give you a lot of variety, and I like that. Yeah. I like the variety. I think 12 is too much, but I think six or eight would be good. Six may you, – you with six, you may end up getting – 
to that stale point again. But I think eight is a good balance of. Yeah, I think eight, 10, 12 starts to get a little greedy. I mm-hmm. feel like eight to ten, I think, is a good. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good, so... Let's just throw nine in there. I mean, we all know that Alabama's going to get that first round by anyway. Yeah, so just to have all those, you know. But, uh, so, I was very glad to see Oregon and Ohio State go to... Or, I was very glad to see Ohio State go down. Um, which makes Oregon feel better about that close win against Fresno State, which it shows that, okay, they probably were just thinking of head. Yeah, absolutely. At Fresno State, which I I don't blame them, but at the same time, you've got to focus. Then yeah, you got to focus on your current. Week. You know, Fresno yeah. State's not just. I mean, they are they are in a sense, but they're not they're not FCS opponents. They can still jump up and bite. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. It's a trap game for sure. Yep. Um, South Carolina versus East Carolina. East Carolina was beaten. Did you see that trick play for East Carolina on the first on the very first play of the game that came out of nowhere? What a great way to start off the game. Though. I mean, it took a lot of guts. It took a lot of guts as an offensive coordinator to make that call and for your head coach to allow that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it definitely brings it back to the old uh, Les Miles philosophy of coaching where every sixth play should be a trick play. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I can see the tears. In I'm his fine. Eyes. I, I see the tears in his eyes. Uh, it's fine. But yeah, so, but, but you know, again, South Carolina versus East Carolina, that's an SCS, that's an SEC team. And. Oh. They are SEC. They just, are, but they're almost on the same level as Vandy here recently. Recently, yes. Like the the last time they were competitive, oh god, was that was when um, Clowney Clowney was there. Yeah, Jadavion Clowney. And even then, like I think they still finished with only like eight wins or so, eight or ten. But still, bowl eligibility. Yeah, bowl eligibility. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, ten wins is nothing to like scoff at. Yeah, but I mean, you're not competing for a national championship no, but like a, a majority of the SEC is. I know, but that's still a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Granted, I mean, SEC above everyone else, so. It's just a different breed, unfortunately. Yeah. But teams can compete with the SEC. Eventually, as eventually the SEC will get knocked down. That's just the, the circle of how things. Eventually, eventually uh, I feel like, maybe, I, I could be very wrong when I say this, but I feel like eventually recruits are going to get tired about hearing the SEC and say, maybe I can go make a difference with this team, or maybe I can go make a difference in this conference and, and this and that, you know. Here's my thing about that. You see that already kind of with the Big Ten. Oh, absolutely. Realistically, as long as there's a four-team playoff picture, recruits want to, rank, uh, want to win a rank. Yep. And yep. what conference gives you a the best absolute chance to win a rank? That's or it. what team? That's SEC, and most of those teams are even based off just brand branding. Yeah. You know, like Texas. Look at Texas. Yeah, branding. LSU, and this is not to go against LSU or anything, but like they have not been that good this year. But because of their brand, it puts them there. I, I, I must step on toes. I don't care. I don't care. Or Auburn. Auburn has that. Um, Auburn has that. Uh, has that branding. They can get you know. Especially yeah, when Cam Newton with Gus Miles on, and when Cam Newton was there, you know. So there, if Georgia were to fall off, you know, they hadn't been. You know, if Georgia were to fall off a little bit, yeah, they'd still get in there because that branding. You know, you just look at it. There's no way Georgia can be bad. Same with Miami and Florida State. Granted, those are ACC teams, but yeah, just well, you look at the brand and you go, oh, there's no way. There's no way they can be bad, and then they are, and it's like, Ugh. well, I mean, it's like here recently with uh, college programs like Oregon, FSU. Um, any, any kind of modern program or 
heck, I would even say Texas Tech with uh, the Red Raiders. Yeah. With Patrick Mahomes and everything. Uh, like, if, if you – not necessarily since the coach is gone now, but you look at that school and you say, oh, man, Marcus Mariota came out of Oregon. Jameis Winston, the god, came out of Florida State. Five touchdowns, 150 yards. All he does is throw a touchdown. You know Baker came out of Texas Tech, too. Did you know that? Baker May? Yes, he came out of Texas Tech. He played at Texas Tech for a year or two and then transferred to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. The more you yeah. learn. I think, I think it was because he got um, – no, I'm not for sure on this. It wouldn't surprise me. If nope. he got benched before uh, – he got benched under Mahomes. Yeah. So he just – and he's, fr- he's from that area. I think he's from Lubbock. And oh, that definitely doesn't surprise me. He, he so uh, or around Lubbock, somewhere around there, and then transferred to Oklahoma to go play. Of course, the rest is history. Yeah, and you have that amazing offensive showdown between Mahomes and oh, one of the best college games of all time. There's no defense in that, but who cares? I mean, you yeah. know, like you you drop you're dropping fifty. They were on playing them. on rookie mode. Yeah, but but here's the thing too, and and this is what gets me is now the SEC is doing it. And everybody thinks it's just it's like God touched touched that conference and said, "Oh, this is amazing! Offensive showdowns are great. If you drop fifty points on your opponent, that's a great game." Whereas the Big Twelve has been doing it for years. And then whenever I said, "Well, the Big Twelve has no defense," it's it's not. It's just offense. You know, example of that is when West Virginia dropped seventy on Baylor a few years ago. It was seventy for sixty three. Still one of the greatest Big Twelve games there ever was. Baylor fans and West Virginia fans alike still talk about that game. How great of a game that was. But but if but if you know but that was discounted of like oh this is the Big Twelve whatever but if the SEC does it then it's like oh it's great and then like yeah the- because the SEC still produces most NFL defensive players like if you want to debate SEC and Big Twelve we can do that right now I'm not I'm not saying Big Twelve is better I'm just saying it's because SEC does this and it's you know it's like it, it so he, here's my argument. SEC is the favorite is the favorite child. Yeah. out of all the five. Yeah, because <sighs> we're the best. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, he, here's my argument to the SEC doesn't play defense. Teran Matthew, and I'll just go for one school because that's what I know. Teran Matthew, Patrick Peterson, Derek Stingley. There is a lot of defensive SEC games. Yeah. Granted, there's a lot of defensive college games in general. Big 12 has now, I saw a comment today that said, Big 12 has too much defense, needs more offense. And I thought, <laughs> I thought I would never, I never thought in my lifetime that I would ever see somebody say that. And he's not wrong. You look at it, West Virginia has one of the top defenses in the nation. Had one of the t- was ranked number one for a week or two last year. Yeah, you know now Oklahoma's defense is they're working on it. It's not yeah. the best, but they're working on it. K State has always kind of been known for their defense. TCU has definitely been known for their defense. You know, and it's a TV, TCU is one of those teams that's that's a, oh yeah, it's a trap game. It's a trap game. Them. Yeah, so you know T, but there's always. You have to take things with a grain of salt when you're talking about too much offense or too much defense in a mm-hmm. game because it depends on your opponent. I mean, it, it really does. Like, yeah. sometimes your opponent outclasses your defense and you just have to 
score 70 points to keep up. So, And it's, sometimes it's not that your defense is bad. It's just that that offense is really good. They're hitting their marks. They're, you know. Well, I mean, and bringing it to the NFL for a second, look at the Chiefs-Rams game a few years back. Oh, that was, that was known as one of the greatest NFL games ever. Granted, there were lots of yeah, it defensive was, touchdowns. You could say that it was a, more of a defensive game than it was an offensive game. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean... The Rams at the time had Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, like one of the most productive offenses statistically. And then on the other side, history, they had, you had the Chiefs. Yeah, like with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, exactly. it, it just it it depends on who you talk to, and it depends on who your opponent is. Yeah. Who was the running back that had that got kicked out of the team? He was really good. Um, I can't think of his name. What now. team? It was for the Chiefs. I think it was for Jamal Charles. No, he. It was for domestic violence. Oh, uh, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yes, that was the one that was on there. Yeah, you know uh, he was there at that time. Yeah. But then if you look at the defense, look at what the Rams had. They had Jalen Ramsey then there. Donald. You know? uh, not at that point. They didn't have Jalen Ramsey. Who's he with then? He was with Jaguars. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So this is why I don't watch NFL. <laughs> you can tell. It's I fair don't enough. Watch, watch fair NFL. enough. It's all but, good. Yeah. So. You know, so that that's just one of those tiffs, I guess I have. Um, Minnesota, Miami, Ohio, Miami, Ohio. That was a close game, thirty-one twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Getting getting back on to this kind of thing, um, I was kind of close. Minnesota was in kind of a shootout a little bit for Ohio State. I think Ohio State just out had it just outclassed them in talent. Oh yeah, that happened with West Virginia back in two thousand fourteen when we played Alabama. We we thought we were going to get. Sh- we're just going to get shut down, destroyed by Alabama. Ended up lo- only losing by ten, which is great. Yeah, something which is awesome when you're playing Alabama because Alabama was hitting their stride, not hitting their, I guess, kind of hitting their stride. At yeah, that it point. was like a pre-hype Alabama. Yeah, they'd already won a couple national championships. Like Alabama was the team to beat at that point. Yeah, but it wasn't like a yearly occurrence type deal. Yeah, yeah, because because they was, really didn't start. Uh, winning almost every year until like 2012, 2013, somewhere. Yeah, there. well, see, 2014 is when we played them in the Chick Fil A Bowl. So I thought you said okay. Yeah, Come on. yeah. So we only lost. We only lost by ten in that, which was which was a great showing. Yeah, it's a loss, but you lose to Alabama by ten. That's impressive. And yeah, you I mean, had them on their heels the entire third quarter. Yeah, I mean, anything that's less than a thirty point blowout won't be good enough in Nick Saban's eyes. So. The rat poison. The rat poison. We wa- we watched that video after the last week's podcast. Cole just rolled his eyes. <laughs> just rolled his eyes. I and see it's stuff like that. Recruits look at and that go. You just blew him out, and you're still not happy. Is that a man I want to go play for? Maybe. Maybe if you're that competitive, like Shugi, I want to go play for that guy. He's not happy. Or do you want to look at that and go, I just played the best game of my life, and my coach is still not happy or appreciative of what our team as a whole just did. You know. And so I think that could be one, you know, obviously it's, there's always been that debate of Dabo versus Saban. Saban runs his operation like a, like a, um, a machine, like a factory. And if one employee goes, all right, well, fine, we'll just bring in another one and we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Dabo is more like a family. Hey, you're going to come in as a family. Nobody can replace you. And it's, and it still works. Obviously, as it's shown with the right coach, it works either way. 
you know, yeah, that family setting. There's there's a lot of room to debate that, and I I think while I hate saying this with every ounce of my being, I mean you you can't argue with results when it comes to Nick Saban. Like, no. granted, Clemson's the exact same way with I mean Deshaun Watson, uh, mm-hmm. Trevor. Well, maybe Trevor Lawrence. Um, oh, he well, he did good. You know, he did. What do you mean? I mean, the, Grant, he doesn't have a lot of space around him right now. He doesn't have a lot of talent on the depth chart, but... I know if they put Tebow in there, it's tight end. <laughs> I'm not knocking Tebow. I just thought it was... When I saw that he was coming back as a tight end, I was like, mm, I don't know all about that one. You know, I would love to see him succeed, but... Uh, I didn't know all about that one. He, Tebow, for me, falls into the same class as Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Remarkable athlete, not a great quarterback. He did get him to the playoffs and and won a playoff game in when his either his rookie season or the or his sophomore season. It was his sophomore season against the Steelers. Yeah. Um. Yeah that that won't change what I just said remarkable athlete can make spectacular highlight real plays. It just not makes, a great quarterback. It just makes me wonder too is here let, let me phrase this a different way. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Drew Brees or Tim Tebow on your team? Oh definitely Drew Brees. Yeah. Definitely Drew Brees. It's like Tim Tebow is a fun player to watch, mm-hmm. but Drew Brees will win you the game in the quarterback position. Now if you had Tim Tebow and that's why I thought he was going to be successful as a tight end. Because yeah. he's well, heck of an athlete, and, and sometimes you just have to find that right position. Is it tight end? I don't know. Is it? Is it? Could it, maybe he should have tried linebacker, fullback, fullback, something. But they yeah. don't use fullback as much. But he can run. Yeah, like he's got the legs for it. So we'll just put him in a running back. Maybe. I don't know. Another close game. Um, Texas A and M versus Colorado. Texas A and M squeaks out of there by three points, ten to seven, with Jimbo Fisher and his big old fat raise he just got. Jimbo's another West Virginia guy. Do you know that? It really, oh, hurts, yeah. it really hurts me seeing all these coaches have going out and having great success. Nick Saban. Except for Rich Rod. Came back to bite him, didn't it? Didn't it? Oh, my dad told me people are you know, people are now at, after the Maryland game. And even now, even after we, we just stomped LIU, they're still saying fire Neil Brown. You can't. No, you, you not give, at this point. You, you you have to give him at least three more years or two at, more years at, at the least, very least. At the very least, but at three, at the you know, and at, at by the time he's got three, he was ha- he'll have several recruiting classes under his belt. His yeah. system is in place. He's still working with Holderson's system yeah. somewhat, you know. So it's not it's not his fault. He's got to find the right quarterback. We haven't had it's it's tough these past two three years not having Will Greer, you know. And it's just it's tough not having that complete offense that we have. Absolutely. Know? And um, but yeah, Nick Saban's another. He's a West Virginia guy. He's not. He didn't coach at West Virginia, but you know he's from he was West. Born Virginia. in West Virginia. Lou Holtz was born in West Virginia. Um, Bobby Bowden coached at West Virginia. Jimbo Fisher was a coordinator up at West Virginia. You know, it's just all these great coaches go on to have great success. And it, and it hurts a little bit, you know, because it's like, yeah. you know, and I didn't know this, but apparently Jimbo to Florida State is like Richard Rod to West Virginia. I was talking to a Florida State fan there, like, Jimbo's a traitor, man. Jimbo just, yeah, sounds like, ooh, ooh, there's a little, little harsh feelings there, you know. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he packed up and left 
right after Jameis left. Yeah, I th- I think I think every college every college has their Rich Rod or their Nick Saban in the fact that like yeah they did they did really well they found great success there and then they bolt to find some more you know it's not just I feel like yeah as I a mean, West Virginia fan it feels like it's it just happens to us but it happens to everybody you know yeah I mean your head coach goes to coach the Miami Dolphins. Uh, gets his butt kicked and then transfers to your uh, main rival in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. But speaking of head coaches, USC fires their head coach today, Clay Helton. Uh, I don't think he deserved it. Mm. Especially in like, week two. You can't yeah. fire a coach in the middle. You, you got to wait. You got to wait till the end of the season. You like, can't. Un- until you can clearly see that the wheels are falling off and you want to get a new coach in. I mean, it, it would be like, hey, I want you to do this very specific thing for the next 10 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks in, okay, scratch that. I want you to do something completely and totally different in another location, mm-hmm. um, something that you have never done before, possibly. Yeah. And, like, I get it. You want to speed up the ball and, and move the chains a lot, especially yeah. for USC. But unless they're bringing back Pete Carroll – there's not any kind of good way to go mm-hmm. about that as for a new coaching hire. So that now that brings up the question of who who does USC go out and hire? Les Miles. I'm just kidding. No, that's that a, was brought up. That's a joke. Yeah. No, we see how that did for Kansas. You know. Woo. <laughs> um, Art Bryles may be one. Yeah. If Art Bryles feels like coaching you, he's finally kind of got that weight lifted off of him from the Baylor stuff. I mean, you, you could go Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a good fit. Um, I mean. But McCarthy's at the Cowboys, ain't he? Jerry Jones coaches the Cowboys. That's very true. Like, the, the Crypt Keeper cow- coaches the Cowboys. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Don't get me wrong, but he he is not coaching that team. Um, I mean, you could go McCarthy. I actually like that that hire. Um, you could go for, and you could honestly go the Deion Sanders route. Find a recently retired player who wants to get into coaching and give them that first high profile job. Terry Bradshaw. No, somebody said hire. Is he? He's coaching. He's head coach up at Louisiana Tech, isn't he? No. Oh, I thought he was. Or he was. No. Terry Bradshaw was at one time. That's what. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, he is not. Not anymore. No. Yeah, he's alumni from Louisiana Tech, but he's not a coach. Yes. Um. But I I mean, Terry Bradshaw. I love Terry Bradshaw. I love him too. Don't get me wrong. He would not be a good coach in today's college game. It would be straight up Steelers from the '70s plays. Which would be fun to watch and see how it would work. Old school football, yeah. Um, that defense would be killer. Yeah. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can go that route. You can see if you could poach away, like, Eli, Peyton. Um, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they'd want to coach right now. they got so much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah with, with all the, their advertising deals and TV which they deals see, yeah, and everything. They seem but, like I mean, they're doing a good job. They're having fun. Well, I mean, you, you could honestly, you could go for like, um, honestly, someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick after his career ending, in, or uh, not career, excuse me, season ending injury. Yeah, he's on IR right now. 
Um, if he decides to retire, that would be a great fit for a head coach. He's been a part of so many different NFL offensive systems. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a fantastic coach. But Maybe. that remains to be seen yeah. uh, what direction they're going to. That was breaking, what, today? Yeah, today, yeah. just a few hours ago. So that was that's that was a big thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jacksonville State versus Florida State, that was a big deal, huge deal. So many people were upset about that, too, because that was a – um, like they just said, it was football one on one. Like, but you can't let that yeah, happen. The fundamentals beat Florida State, and honestly. Clock like, management. Yeah, I mean credit, credit to Jacksonville State or Jackson State or Jacksonville. Jacksonville State. State. Jacksonville State. Credit to Jacksonville State uh, for that win. Uh, Twenty to seventeen is nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. but ultimately it came down to clock management at the end of the game, and Florida State just had the time run out on them. Yep. And congratulations in order. Vanderbilt, you finally won a game. <laughs> so beat Colorado State 24-21. A win's a win. Hey. After you lose embarrassingly to FCS, you finally get a win. Congratulations, Vanderbilt. Woo-hoo. I mean, good for you. I-, I couldn't tell you the name of the starting quarterback, honestly. Uh any of the players, but hey, I mean, you did it. Congratulations. You are not going the opposite of a perfect season this year. Mm-hmm. BYU beat Utah for the first time in nine years. That was an, there that ki- was an insane game. Yeah, that was very late because it was all the way out in mountain time. Uh, but beat Utah 26-17. I think they call it the Holy War. The Holy War? The Holy War. Very interesting I'm not going to comment because I don't want to get us in trouble. Hello. My name is BYU. Stop. <laughs> That's enough. You already threatened our copyright infringement with uh, Country Roads, and now you're bringing Book of Mormon into it? Come on now. Uh, Come and on. then Stanford blows out USC. I feel like that was more going back to uh, Craig Hilton. That was just more of kind of like a butthurt. You lost to freaking yeah. Stanford. Well, so. I mean, they also had a lot of penalties in that game. Yeah, and which, penalties hurt. I mean, you don't yeah. realize how much how many yards penalties give up. Um, but shoot, who was I watching the other week? Um, I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember who had given up. Maybe it was the the Louisville and Ole Miss game, and Louisville had given up. 12, they had committed 12 pen- penalties, but it added up to, uh, they had given up 105 yards. Yeah, no, when you're giving up more than the length of a football field, mm-hmm. you need to address something. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a free trip to the end zone, basically, yeah. any, and, way you, any way you split. Yeah, and that was West Virginia's, that was one of their Achilles heels last year, was we didn't play clean football. It was just too many, too many penalties. Oh, we've kind of cleaned that up this year, but there are other things we need to work on. Um, and then lastly, Trevor Lawrence loses his first ever regular season game. First ever. That includes high school and college. First ever as his first ever loss in the regular season. Good. Good for him. You know, um, we actually have somebody in the county who knows him personally. Oh, yeah? Yep. Um, There is a man that comes into the courthouse um, and his granddaughter is Trevor Lawrence, Tre- Trevor Lawrence's wife. Oh, that's cool. 
I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. You don't sound very interested. <laughs> I do not like Trevor Lawrence. I think he is overhyped. Uh, he he's he is a better quarterback than I could ever dream of being. But I still I don't think unless the Jaguars and Urban Meyer can get something going talent wise around him, you can't give him some time to. Yeah, they need to work on their offensive line. They need to get some more offensive weapons besides Travis. Uh, the Clemson running back they drafted last year starts with an E. I, I cannot pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that... Tebow. No. You you saw the highlight of him trying to block No, something. I did. I did. It, but, I ask you this question. I want you to tell me. Is it that hard to block? Yes. That, that, but the way he was doing it, like, I've never played football, but I just... Like I know, so here, you got to get up under the guy. So here, here's my thing with that. Um, he was trying to pull, mm-hmm. and the defensive end basically broke his ankles. As that, that was my interpretation of it. He got turned around and he zeroed in on his assignment, and that caused him to slip and fall. It's not a hard thing to understand. Like to grasp system wise because you're just like oh I have to hit this guy on this particular play. It's, it's one of those it's, things easier said than done. Yeah, because I could tell you, hey, pro right forty six, shout out Franklin County. Um, like I'm playing center, I have to block the middle linebacker. You have to block the first defensive tackle. You just you just blew up all of like Coach Edwards' game plan. Now what is he gonna do? You know? edit. <laughs> Um, that doesn't tell you anything. Uh, anyway, but it, there is a lot that goes into offensive scheme and run blocking and pass blocking. Mm-hmm. I didn't see enough of that out of Tim Tebow. No, like, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I, I just wish either. he would have caught a pass from Trevor Lawrence. That would have been cool. They really should have used him more as a passing tight end than a blocking tight end. Receiving. Oh, receiving. Sorry, sorry. Receiving tight end than a than a tight end that block. That would know. be cool though. A passing tight end. Shut up. Shut up. It's a. It's been a long day. Okay. It's been a long day. Ay ay ay. But speaking with offensive line, we're going to go into West Virginia and the recap. Um, Take it away. Stomped LIU sixty six to nothing. After you know, after watching. It, it makes me wonder. Now, now credit to LIU, they they kind of they would they were not one of those teams that said I'm just going to lay over, take the paycheck, and go on back to Long Island. They beat us up front defensively. They had more sacks than they should have, more tackles behind the line. Um, you know, it, it, it they had more than what they had offensively. Now I was proud defensively. We held them. Um, Camden Orth, the quarterback, was 11 for 20 with only 60 yards, zero touchdowns. I'm proud of that. I mean, that's maybe that's a little too much. I don't know, but I mean, he 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 did he did decent, you know. So I'm I I, I was very pleased with defense. We did not fall off as much as everybody said we would, and I didn't think we would fall off that much, anyways. Yes, we lose Tyke Smith, a stud in the uh, in the secondary, um, and he transfers to Georgia. He's actually hurt at Georgia now. Oh yeah. So he didn't even like he doesn't even get to play right now. So it's Dang, like that's sad. Yeah. 
I mean, sad, but like you could have stayed in West Virginia and not gotten hurt. You didn't know that, though. You didn't know that, but still. Still, you know. So, um, Jarrett Dagey was better this week. 14 for 22, 259 yards passing with three TDs, three touchdowns. I'm, it was better. He throws a really nice ball. Those short to intermediate passes, he was, he was pretty accurate. One of the more accurate West Virginia quarterbacks that I've seen. He's still stiff, though. He's still stiff in the pocket. He 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 showed a little bit of athleticism, but he's not he's not a run you know he's not a running back, and he's not really a field general either. He now he command he is in the fact that he can command his offense, and I think that is why he has the starting position is the fact that he is able to command his offense. I hate to interrupt this, mm-hmm. but speaking of being stiff in the pocket, did you see Kyler Murray's highlight? Against the Bills. Yes, yes. That was insane. Okay, sorry. Had no, to interject no, you're there. fine. You're fine. Keep yeah, on. No, no, no. Yeah. No, Kyler Murray, that was that was insane. I don't know how you stopped that man, but yeah, no, that was wild. Um But I liked I was more pleased with Daggy's performance. If he can do that every week, we have a shot to win every game. We have a shot to beat Oklahoma if he can do that. If we, if he puts up these numbers Oh, absolutely. We have a we have a great shot at beating Oklahoma. Yeah, you know? I mean you have a you have a shot you, to contend because every time that we every time our offense was on the field, we scored, and that is what your offense needs to do. Yeah, take time off the clock. You keep their defense on the field. Keep our defense off the field. Yep. Defense comes in there, has a quick three and out. Maybe they get a first down a little bit, you know. But that's. That's good football. What I saw out of them out of LI, against LIU was good, and I, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, they just looked like a more confident team. They were, looked like they trusted their system, and um, they were able to execute cleanly. And they're always confident in Morgantown. They're always confident because Morgantown is just that that's such a great home field advantage. Oh, for sure. Um, and now, you know, and seeing the backup, Garrett Green, you know, Second string quarterback and Will Crowder. We call him Goose. That's his nickname. Will Goose Crowder. I love the nickname. That's awesome. Isn't it? He's he he's really young. I think he could be a starter one day after Garrett Green. I don't know. Here's my one I liked what I saw out of Green. I was nervous about him coming on. Because okay, you sit here, you're begging, you're begging, you're begging for Garrett Green to get on the field. You're begging him to start. You're begging to see him on the field. And if he chokes, doesn't look good. I don't think he choked. However, my critique, my one critique, he has to hold on to the football longer. He needs to be in the pocket longer. He's he's way too. He, he gives him maybe he gives his receivers maybe two seconds. None of him them have even turned around or are getting yeah. ready to turn around or do the cutback. Well, and he, here's my thing with that. I think that comes with taking those first team reps. Yes. Um. Which, don't get me wrong, with Daigie's performance, I, I can't see them yanking Daigie out anytime soon. If he, if he does that every week, I, I don't think Mountaineer fans are as, are as mad as what they were. I mean, he's, oh gosh, that's, he, he is less, he has eight incompletions. Eight incompletions the entire game. And whenever you see a quarterback with a stat line that he has rushed for more yards than passed for, you get a little worried about it. Because ultimately, your quarterback is meant to advance the ball down the field. Now, you worry about it, but then there's Pat White. Yeah. Who always had more rushing yards than passing yards. 
he is similar to Pat White in his legs. He's very athletic. He's like what you were saying with Tebow. He's very athletic. He can throw the ball, too. He needs to work on his accuracy a little bit. Um, and, it, and, again, I think that comes with being comfortable in the pocket and trusting your guys up front to and having experience, for you. Have and college experience. waiting that additional second. Now, granted, if you get pushed out of the pocket, that athleticism, like a Pat White, like a Mike Vick. He kept like, the plays alive. Like Tebow, yeah. Like, any kind of athleticism is great when you're trying to escape the pocket, but if you're trying to stay in the pocket and possibly throw on the run, mm -hmm. unless you're a Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, um, any, anyone like that, mm -hmm. you're not going to complete those passes. Yeah. And, like, it, it's ridiculous to try. And he did. He threw great on the run downfield to Isaiah Esdale. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that was cool. That was It was very cool. I I was very pleased what I saw. Oh, out of cross him. body off the back foot. Yes, yeah, that looked great. I was very pleased with him. And what felt nice too, what was a breath of fresh air, is the fact that he wasn't like Dagey. Dagey can throw the ball. He, he does not have a great deep ball, but no. his 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 short to intermediate passes are good. But with Dagey, when you get to that third down territory, you're thinking, can we even? Convert. Yeah, Garrett it's like Green your third was, and seventeen, your yeah. third and eighteen, somewhere in there. Yeah, but even like a third and ten or third and eight, you're sitting there thinking, can we even can we even gain a couple yards? Now, out of Garrett Green, we were fourth and seven, and we're sitting here thinking he's going to get the first down. You know, he ran for the first down, so he keeps the drive alive. It keeps the plays alive, and I don't know what what in the world was going on. If they they had Letty, they've had Letty Brown's number these past two weeks. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I've, I I really don't. It, it concerns me a little bit, and I don't know if it's Letty Brown or if it's the O line. The O line's not doing. You know, from what I saw, the O line hasn't been great. They were good last. They were okay last week or this past week against LIU, but they weren't amazing. You know, and so, but when Garrett Green and the running back in the and the running back that was with him came out number twenty-two. I'd have to look up his name. I can't remember his name. Um, but if you you know you look at that, they were able to run all over him and Garrett oh, Green for sure. Him. So you know it was just it was refreshing to see Garrett Green on the field. I didn't get to see much. I was I um, Will Crowder came out late, and I think I'd gone out to dinner. Um, during the fourth quarter or something like that. So I didn't get a chance to see Will Crowder. But he's two for two. He's 100% completion for 28 yards. Not bad. Not bad. Um, but I think from here on, and this is what peeved me about Neil Brown a little bit, was he seemed upset. That he said, we have some plays scripted for Garrett Green, and he didn't follow them exactly. And that really peeved Brown a little bit, which was upsetting for the fact that, like, okay, the dude still scored two rushing touchdowns. Okay, you know he's not. I think, I think, and here, here's my two cents about this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Neil Brown is trying to develop Garrett Green into that pocket presence, into that QB, and he wants to see him stay in the pocket for longer than two seconds, like yeah. you were saying. I, I I get it, but also it just peeved me a little bit. Like he, there were a couple times where he needed to rush out, or he, you know, and, oh for and, sure, and you're gonna and you're gonna dog him for that. But I think he realized after watching that game, we're gonna have. He goes, we're gonna have to go back and watch film and see what he does. So that that shows there that there's something. Yeah, in there's Neil some Brown. kind of understanding. There's some kind of, but there's also in Neil Brown. There's some kind of understanding. Okay, we can add 
green to our, you know. So it, so it, it seems like there may be from here on out start to be more of a, of a two quarterback system. And I'm not a big fan of two quarterback systems because it's very obvious to the defense which one is a runner and which one's a passer. Yeah, I like it when they're both athletic, and they're and and they both can pass. So because you know you always see those teams that throws in this this quarterback and oh he, he's not a runner but he can pass. But then you throw you, the next play you come in and the guy you wide up you. Um, Taysom Hill. Taysom, yeah, you, you line him up in a wildcat position, and he's, and he's going to run it rather than throw it. Well, it's like uh, LaShawn McCoy back at uh, Penn State. Or uh, Penn State or Pitt. I think it was Penn State. I'm pretty sure it was Penn State. I couldn't tell you. It was either Penn State or Pitt. Um, LaShawn McCoy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, he will find this one day and go, oh. Oh, couldn't even memorize my college. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, he used to line up a wildcat just about all the time. Um, it it leaves a lot to be desired, and it makes your offense predictable when you start running a two-quarterback system. <laughs> it also decreases the confidence of both those guys saying, man, I'm not able to win a starting job outright. Yeah, It's like, I, I get it. You want to get both of your quarterbacks' college experience yeah. playing against other teams. But I, I have to say, I, I'm not really a fan of the two college or quarterback system. I'm not either. But in West Virginia's case, if it works, it works. If if the defense can't figure us out, that I'm I'm down for that. You know, if if you go okay, Daggy's gonna come in. Like Daggy can run a little bit. He can get he can get make up some yards on his feet. But he, I don't know. Garrett Green can throw. He can he's he can hum the ball. And Daggy and Green had both very different upbringings. Day has the traditional quarterback upbringing. Garrett Green was a baseball player. Yeah. So he had, you know, but I think they, in West Virginia's case, if they can keep the offense alive, uh, the, the offense alive and not stale and kind of keep it, give it some movement, you know, especially for Tech, I would consider that for Tech. Tech is not a great team in the fact that they're not Alabama. Yeah, if you pull something over like again, this is not Downing Tech. You beat number ten UNC. That's that's a great accomplishment. But you're not. I think it's it's okay to say, hey, you're not on Alabama's level, and neither is West Virginia. I'm perfectly fine saying, oh, for sure, West Virginia is not on Alabama's level. Maybe one day we can be, and maybe one day Tech can be as well. But I mean, I just don't think you're going to fool Saban with a two quarterback system, and and maybe you're not going to fool Fuente either. But with a less talented roster than what you have at Alabama, maybe you can pull a few tricks and get yeah. away with them, you know. So, but um, I, you know, I, I feel better about the team after what I saw. Deggy throws a very accurate, very nice, tight spiral. I was very, I was more pleased and a little bit more impressed with his play than I was when he played against Maryland. Um, he just looked more comfortable. He looked so much more comfortable. And so, I, I don't know if that's. You know, a credit to the offensive line for reassuring him and busting their butts off during uh, practice this week and saying, hey, we got you. You're our guy. Maybe, yeah. Or if that was just the opponent. I mean, and credit to them for taking West Virginia. That That's not a easy opponent to say, hey, we want you guys on our schedule. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Tech is a big-time rival. Second biggest um, second biggest rival behind Pitt. 
I never understood why Pitt, why West Virginia and Pitt don't have a trophy, but West Virginia and Tech do. Um, I'm very excited. Vegas even has us winning by three points. I'm excited. If they roll in the Morgantown, I feel better about our chances. And after what I saw from last week, I feel I feel a little bit better that we can beat Tech. I really want to beat Tech. Um, we're just going to go ahead and knock out win-loss predictions for this one. Um, I think. Do West- you want me to give you how I did last week, or do you want to give yours? Or do you want us both to give our predictions? Um, for score prediction, who's winning, who's losing? Yeah, you go ahead. You go. You do first. Um, I think W wins this game, twenty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, my my biggest concern would be uh, Tech's quarterback play, um, and if he can stay healthy, honestly, because W's defense isn't anything to sneeze at. I mean, they've been solid. Uh, for the first two games of the season, granted, LIU is LIU, but you, you know you only held you know you, you really you what, held the opposing quarterback to sixty yards. Well, but for even for Maryland, you know we we had some miscommunication in the first quarter didn't come out looking great, but you kept the team in the game. You kept West Virginia in the game. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I got West Virginia winning. I think it's 24-21 West Virginia. I think it's a tight game. No no matter, and this, this is rivalry games, no matter how good either one is, we see it with Texas and Oklahoma every year. Absolutely. No matter how good it is, these rival games are always just, you know. They, they Rivalry games make up college football. Yes. Like you can sit down and watch a Saints-Falcons game and get some of that excitement. But if you sit down and watch the Iron Bowl, mm-hmm. like Auburn, Alabama. Or watch Florida FSU. Florida FSU, perfect. Mm-hmm. If you watch, or Duke UNC. Yes. Like, not necessarily in football, that's more college or, or, basketball. Or, but, or UVA and Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. Or Commonwealth Cup, absolutely. Yeah. But it rivalries make up college football more than anything else. And I think... Uh, W and VT are going to put on a, a heck of a show this year, just like what I did back in 2018. Absolutely, I, th- I think um, I do think West Virginia wins. My only concern: how's the what's the O line going to do, and what is Jarrett Day? What is the quarterback situation on the depth? They've already released the depth chart. Daigie is starting. Okay, he has confidence going into this game. Absolutely. Um, maybe Garrett Green gets a few uh, snaps. I don't know. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Um, nervous, really, especially with – I think what makes me even more nervous is the fact that Tech – okay, we lose to Maryland, yeah, and if Tech loses to UNC, I'm not that – I'm not as worried about it, but the fact that they beat UNC and they're walking in 2-0 and makes me a little nervous. Absolutely. And, I mean, this is a statement game for y'all as well. Yeah. This could easily see y'all climb the power rankings. and um, I hope so. Get y'all up there. If we beat Oklahoma, we better be in the power rankings. That's at Norman, but we'll see. So, LSU did pretty good this weekend, though. Um, did yeah. all right. I mean, uh, we didn't win sixty-six to nothing, but LSU beat uh, McNeese State thirty-four-seven. Max Johnson looked a lot more consistent um, this week. Eighteen for twenty-seven, one sixty-one, and three touchdowns. Um, Cody Orgeron. Ed Orgeron's son didn't look half bad either. 10 for 20, 91 yards, one touchdown. Uh, my player of the game, uh, Kayshawn Boot again. That connection with Max Johnson, especially in the red zone, 
I mean, it, it looks dangerous. Like, I, I still have a lot of questions about our run game, mm-hmm. um, especially with one of our running backs getting kicked off the team due to academic reasons. Uh, actually, that broke just a few minutes ago. Um, it, it's going to be a tough season for sure, but I, I think if we can play a lot of our games like this one, uh, we'll be a lot more consistent offensively, and our defense can step up and deliver when we need them. I think the biggest thing I saw out of y'all was you. I, I think I think too you may have underestimated with Nice a little bit. Oh, but, for sure. But because because they did pull a few on you, you know they still, yeah. they scored a touchdown, and they did they they pull they they got a few out of the defense. I think my biggest question for y'all is how. The defense looked good, but how can they improve? Yeah, that would I be mean, my concern. It's more about consistency on the defense, yeah, really, because we I, have spurts. Yeah, of, consistency. I yeah. think is a big, just big old circle around that one. We have spurts of excellent football, where we'll go three plays, three and out on defense. Mm-hmm. Awesome, or force an interception or uh, cause a fumble, um, and then we'll turn right around next drive and they'll drive 50, 60 yards and set up for a field goal. Mm-hmm. So I, the biggest question for me is how is our defense going to improve, like how you were saying. Yeah, if, if they can be consistent, I think they'll be good. Um, um, LSU plays Central Michigan next week. That's not an FCS team, is it? That's a group of five. Isn't nah, it's a group of five. They're in the MAC. Yep. And um, the MAC is not known for its – that is really the lesser of all. That's probably like fifth or fourth in the group of five. You know, absolutely. It it should be an easy game for LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we focus on that game and we don't end up in a situation like JSU and Florida State, um, I, I think we should be fine. Um, I have us winning forty-five uh, fourteen. I don't think it's going to be a pretty win, but I think we're going to establish our dominance and really get our defensive boosted and give us a morale boost. After what I saw with McNeese State, I think I'm going to go. I think I, I still think LSU wins. It's a huge upset if Central Michigan beats you. Oh no! Uh, if Central Michigan beats us. I I'm done. Yeah, um, I will officially retire from the podcast. <laughs> I think that you win 34-17. Ooh. Oh, you're hurting me. I know, I know. But after what I saw from McNeese, they only held you 17 until about that fourth quarter. So, but, I mean, we'll see. Um, so, and, you know, for West Virginia, if they win as well, that looks better conference-wise. Absolutely. Um, but speaking of conference, the Big 12 this week, no, in the last week, at the end of last week on Friday, they officially invited – BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. And, I mean, I'm not – I think they picked three the best – I think they picked – I think they picked three of of the best. best. Yes. That being BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. Cincinnati's going to – I think they get get a conference championship before UCF. Oh, within – I say UCF – um, I think UCF would get one within the next ten years, mm-hmm. and I think Cincinnati pushes five. Maybe BYU is going to be somewhere in between that. I think absolutely. Uh, 
be you know i've never viewed byu as a group of five just because i think their independence has really helped them with that absolutely it, and it's again like how we were saying last week it's hard it's always hard to judge military academies and independent schools because they don't really play a whole lot of talented teams or like nationally known teams i should say yeah, not or, talented, or power, power five teams you know yeah. so i'm i'm excited i think it bring i think it's a very interesting conference and it's still as competitive as what it was and i'm going to be honest it's at first, it was scary that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. You know, now what do we do? We scram- we're scrambling. We're trying to figure out where we can go. What can, what, what can West Virginia do? What can Kansas do? Iowa State, what do we bring to the table? Oklahoma State, you know, with what, what do we do? And it, you're just kind of in that scramble mode. I think now we finally settled down. We have looked at our options, and these are the best options. And this is what we're going to do. We finally have a plan in place, and that makes everybody in Big 12 feel better. And I think it is a very competitive conference. I don't think it drops us to group of five. There's no way it drops us to group of five, especially with Cincinnati in there. Cincinnati is now back to a power five. Absolutely. Because they were a power five years ago. I I think Cincinnati should have never been considered a group of five school. No. Because they have been seriously talented the past couple years. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they haven't won as many conference championships in the American like UCF has or – maybe Memphis or Houston, but they have one, at least one. Yeah, and they've always been right around the top 25 in college football. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at them now. They, outside of, outside of Oklahoma and Iowa State, they would be technically the only Big 12 team ranked. Yeah. And they're ranked above Iowa State. Absolutely. You know, and just a few places below Oklahoma. So, I mean, they're, it's... I am pleased with that. One of the things I'm really interested to see is their Big 12 logo in their school colors. I'm interested to see that. And also, they didn't. They, Cincinnati especially didn't waste no time putting that Big 12 logo up. So when they played this past week, um, they came out with the flag and it had the Cincinnati logo on it with the Big 12 logo, and they're running. Oh, out. that's cool. It was it was very neat um, to see that. So uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Uh, I'm interested to see how they do. I think they'll fit right in. Um, I'm excited to finally have, as a West Virginia fan, I'm finally excited to have travel partners. And I'm, I'm just, I'm. If I can keep, if West Virginia keep this schedule, I get it. BYU is now out there. That's another. That's a two hour to three hour. That's a two hour time zone difference between us and BYU. That's the farthest we have to go, and more than likely you have to travel every other year out there if. If your division allows it, you know, sometimes you you have these divisions and you never play anybody in the other division. But I'm finally excited now that we can go to Cincinnati, still be in the same time zone, go to UCF, be in the same time zone. I'm pleased with that. And if we can keep Tech, Pitt, Maryland, Syracuse, like all of our old Big East rivals just in the rotating non-conference games, I think I could be more, I am more pleased with being in the Big 12 than what I was the past decade. I mean... You always want to see those crowd, uh, cross town, yeah. for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. rivalries. Yeah, um, just because um, it draws more eyes. It draws to, a lot of money. Yeah, it draws a lot of money, and I mean, it makes sense to keep those games on the book. You wouldn't want to see Georgia play ETSU every single year. Like, no, you you would pay good money to see Auburn play Alabama, yeah. regardless of the competition level. You know that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, I thought you know I think it I think it'll be. 
it'd be nice if and uh, like I said, and y'all heard me mention him before, Golden Blue Dude. He's on YouTube. He is swearing up and down that West Virginia is going to the ACC. My gut feeling, and I think we talked about this last week. I don't know why, but my gut feeling is West Virginia goes to the Big Ten. I don't know why, but that's just been something in the back of my mind, something like telling me or gut feeling. And I could be wrong. I could very well be wrong. I'm fine if we don't go to the Big Ten. It's not a big boohoo if we don't. Um, I feel better about going to the Big Ten than the ACC. Stabi oh, for sure. Stability-wise. Yeah, because, I mean, the Big Ten has always had, I mean, your heavy hitters, and those heavy hitters aren't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so uh, Rutgers, I heard, I don't know if they're on the chopping block, but I know Big Ten was not have, has not, even though they've won this season, I've heard Money-wise, they have been very inconsistent, and they're just they're, they they all they lose more money than they make. They're always yeah because they're the not red. a competitive football. Yeah, player. they're always in the red. Same as Maryland. Maryland's a different story, but you know they're not as bad as Rutgers. But I mean, you know, they're always in the red. So you know, I wonder if the Big Ten looks at that and goes, "Well, you're costing me money more than you are making me money." Yeah. Making me money, and I think Rutgers fans. And, and just Rutgers as a whole needs to watch out for that. I'm not yeah. saying anything will happen. I'm not. I don't know if a conference can legally cut you out, but I don't see why. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. In my mind, it would make sense to demote. As hard as that sounds, mm -hmm. it would make sense to demote Rutgers to a group of five and mm -hmm. bring in a team like W. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. If this is. Uh, I don't think it's over. I think this is just the beginning. Um, oh, for sure. I, I think somebody told me uh, that they had a feeling that the ACC, and this is not a source by any means, just speculation, just guessing, you know, um, that the ACC could fall apart. They're in that long, long contract deal with ESPN and ACC Network. I don't see it going all the way for the 15 years that they have it. I don't know why you would make a deal that that long, but I, if if ACC does not get better competition wise, I don't think it's going to turn out. No one wants to see Clemson be on top of the ACC every single year. It just doesn't make sense. Well, it's the same way with Oklahoma. Nobody wants to see Oklahoma on top of Big Twelve. And, yeah, and see that's that's another thing is why it's a relief for Oklahoma and Texas to be gone is because they were ran they run the conference. It wasn't Bob Bowlesby. Who was running the conference? It was Texas and Oklahoma, mostly Texas, running the conference, saying, "Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, horns down is now a penalty." Um, you know, so it was. It, now you no longer have that bickering, and you no longer have that. It's it's more unity now that those two are gone, and and I'm and I that's a relief and something off your back that now we as a collective twelve, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we're 14 now, and I, I want to see one, at least one season, and maybe it'd be next year, at least one season of Oklahoma and Texas still being in here. And then you bring in BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Sweet 16. Yeah. <laughs> and just well, and just see them, see them play one year, and then Oklahoma and Texas leave. However, I think... I think Oklahoma and Texas are gone by the end of this year, and I think BYU comes in. 2023. They're saying, they're saying, but I think I think this is all a formality. I think it's all a formality. You think they're going to expedite the process and kick them out before twenty twenty? Well, BYU can do whatever, whatever. Yeah, they I mean they're do. independent. They're independent. They can do whatever they want to do. Since I think Oklahoma and Texas leave, all right, well you get that buyout money from Oklahoma and Texas. There's something gets settled. You get that buyout money. 
Now you look to Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston and say, hey, here's some of your here's some of our buyout money so you can buy out yourself from the American and come join us. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense from a business perspective. Um, I, I would be curious to see what kind of agreement they would be able to make um, with the American conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the American's not happy. No, absolutely. I mean, Cincinnati, UCF, and um, Houston. Houston are going to be are three of your biggest draws. Not necessarily Houston, but Cincinnati and UCF are three are two of your biggest draws in yeah. the entire conference. They're just up and leaving. Well, and but the guy, you know, the the I think here here's what it is is the commissioner of the, uh, the AAC of the American was definitely looking to poach Big 12 teams. There's no doubt. I, oh, for sure. I think ESPN said, hey, you know what would be great if you went and poached West Virginia, if you went and tried to get Oklahoma State, or just have, better yet, just get the eight teams and you can be a power, you know, if we'll, we'll help you view get viewed as a power five if you, view, if you get those eight teams. Would it be a power six? No, because Big 12 wouldn't exist no more. Yeah, that's fair. So it'd still be power five. And they consider themselves power six, but they don't, Revenue wise, they're not a power six. Like Cincinnati, UCF, Houston's buyout is ten million dollars. Do you know? You want to know what Oklahoma and Texas buyout is? Oh, it was like fifty, wasn't no, it? No, 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 eighty million to a hundred million. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot for, of money. Uh, not for Texas. Oh, not for Texas. Maybe not for Oklahoma. Not so much Oklahoma. I'm sure they could scrounge around and find it. Well, I mean, but the Texas, last couple of years they've been competing in the national. They've yeah. been right around the national championship. Yeah. Game. So I mean. It's. I think. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Once you know, it's just that that buyout. They 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 have that money to get that buyout. I don't, oh, for sure. So it's it's no big deal. And I think. And, and there's also talk that Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU will not get as much revenue as the other eight. And I don't know if that's a good. I don't know if that's a good idea. Maybe, maybe. But you then you have that other eight looking down on those those new four. Yeah, you could end up with a situation like uh, Rutgers in the uh, Big Ten. Maybe, or like with the SEC, they're always a united front. Like Texas A and M spouted off when Oklahoma and Texas said they were joining. Greg Sankey let them have their little moment, their little soapbox moment, and, and then they got down and went behind closed doors, discussed it, and then came out a unanimous a unanimous vote. Yep. And Vanderbilt gets the same revenue that Alabama does. Absolutely. I think you need to let those teams get the same revenue. Maybe. I, it all depends on what you draw, too. Um, you know, yeah, TV because you, you don't just want one team providing all the revenue. Um, yeah. For, for SEC, it kind of makes sense because you have those devout followings of teams like Florida, LSU, Bama, Auburn mm-hmm. that are going to pack out the stadium just about every single game. Yeah, and see with the Oklahoma, with um, West with the Big Twelve, Oklahoma and Texas were the ones bringing in the majority of that money. Yeah, besides it, WU. Yeah, well, and not even and West Virginia was bringing in at least a hundred million each year, a little yeah. over hundred million, which is decent. But compared to Texas, Texas's two ten every year, two hundred ten million every year. That's not, eh. yeah, yeah. Oh, a little stiff there, bud. Yeah. But um, and and then that begs, and then that brings up the question of okay, what does the American do? And I think they'll expand. Um, I mean, we'll cover it, but not as 
it's not exciting. I think. Yeah, um, it, and it's it's not a knock, but again, it, it's one of those things where not if you ask most people, most college football fans, mm-hmm. to name more than five uh, group of five schools or American conference schools, they probably couldn't. No, probably couldn't. I think I'm going to tell you this right now. I think that they go and grab App State, Marshall. I can see Rutgers, honestly. If Rutgers don't, if if they get cut, yes. But if I don't. they fall out with the Big Ten, I could see it happening. Um, or I could see honestly, like Harvard or Yale mm, going into the American Conference. Mm, really? No, maybe Army. Mm, I don't. I see. don't think any kind of military school would ever do it. They're in Navy's in there. Yeah, Navy's in there, but not Army. Army's always been independent. Yeah. Well, so is Notre Dame. But yeah, well, but um. I, I think you go grab App State, Marshall, Coastal Carolina. Um, Coastal Carolina. Again, that would be such a rad party school. It's down there in Middle Beach. And, and it helps those schools. I mean, Marshall, App State, and Coastal Carolina are very competitive schools. And then go grab Lu- Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, ULL? ULL, yeah. Yeah, that would be insane. Um Maybe UAB. They're not. I, I don't like UAB. I don't know why. I've just never have liked UAB. Um, they're not that competitive. Yeah, they won Conference USA Championship last year, but which Marshall, was a cool story. But a cool I mean, story. it's not. You know, it's not. But you don't want to. You know, if you poach those three teams from the Sun Belt, then eventually you're just going to have to. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, Boise State. Go grab Boise State. Yeah, that would make sense. So, and, and then you really could be the American Conference. You're reaching to West Virginia, which is Marshall, North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, then up in Idaho, you know. The one problem with me for an American Conference mm-hmm. would be travel time and expenses. And well, and the, yeah, considering those teams already don't bring in a ton of revenue just because yeah. they're a group of five. So. Yep. It, it, it is what it is, but uh, but there are group of fives that are in the top twenty-five. Yeah. So, and we're gonna, you know, and again, do we have to say number one? I'm just gonna say that they I'm, beat up on Mercer. I'm just going to keep saying that every time they're up there. I do up. not want to talk about them. We can move on. Number two is Georgia. I like number two. I like Georgia at number two. It makes sense. I mean, they're a honestly, they're the only threat. Right now, to Alabama, I, I think maybe the, Oklahoma. I maybe. think they're the biggest threat okay. to Alabama right now. I, okay. I'm not going to say they're the only threat. Okay, but for the rest of Alabama's schedule in the SEC, mm-hmm. who do you see beating them besides Georgia? I mean, Florida. Really? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Florida, Arkansas. We'll do. Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But um. Let, I mean, know. number 11 ranked Florida, maybe, but hey, I think we need to see a little bit more out of both programs before. They play this week. Alabama-Florida? Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be a good game. I think I think maybe if Florida plays a good game, maybe. Um, Oklahoma at number three, I think they're another, uh, they can be another, another threat. Um, I like Oregon at number four. Well-deserved. Yes. Love that they knocked off um, Ohio State. I'm so glad to see Ohio State down at number nine. Iowa beats Iowa State. Oh, so Iowa State isn't even in the top, top ten. No, they're not top ten anymore. 
They, yeah, they're fourteenth. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Uh, um, Iowa. Maybe Iowa can hop up in that top four. You know, that would be insane. I would. That would be an awesome college football. I think it, it would be really cool to see Alabama. Okay, you get Alabama in there. Okay, then you get Oklahoma, Oregon, and um, Iowa in there. A different Big Ten team. A different. Not a different Big 12 team, but a different Pac-12 team, maybe. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, that would be really neat to see and not see Clemson in there. I'm And I don't mind Clemson, but, like, it's just old seeing that big old orange paw print up there in number four, number two, or something, you know, at this point. It's, it's already boring seeing that big Crimson Tide A up there at number one. You know, it was so nice. Remember when they failed at 14th the other uh, – was it last year or 2019? That they fell to 14th. Uh, 2019, because Auburn and LSU both beat them in the same season. Okay. I can't remember. And they were out. It was so nice to see them number the 14th. I was like, oh, maybe this is the beginning of the end. Finally. <laughs> nope. Finally. Nope. Um, Texas A&M is 7th. I understand. Oh, Clemson. That. Yeah, well, I say Clemson. Oh, Clemson at 6th. But um, Texas A&M at 7th. I get that because they fall. They they came close to Colorado. However, I think Cincinnati's a better team. I think Cincinnati ultimately is a better team than Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of football to play. Yeah. And like like we said when we first did our AP our AP poll review, mm-hmm. um, I think we really need to wait until we, like week four ish to give ish, like yeah. final judgment on these teams. Mm-hmm. Penn State. Penn State sneaking up there in the top ten a little bit. I, I like it. I like the pick. I think they're. I think they're a dark horse. Absolutely. Florida at number eleven. Notre Dame at number twelve. Had another close game with uh, Toledo. So uh, UCLA. We 13th. can skip that one. We're good. Who do UCLA play this week? Uh, I didn't have it in my heart to watch that game or <laughs> even research UCLA because yeah. I didn't want to see the week one score. Yeah. So uh, moving on, Iowa State at fourteen. Yeah. Some people are saying their season's done. I, you're you're one and one. I don't think it's terrible. I mean, you you lost to Louisiana Lafayette last year and still went to the Big Twelve Championship. I'm not giving up hope. I know you haven't. It doesn't look like you've played great football the past two weeks, but I think I think it's okay. You didn't get stomped out by Iowa. You know, absolutely. So no time to panic for the Cyclones. Uh, Tech at fifteen, which overrated. I, yeah. I mean, there's no way they should move up that much after beating Middle Tennessee. Maybe. I mean, well, maybe maybe they're not overrated is what I'm trying to say. Maybe they're not overrated. But you beat number 10 UNC, and all of a sudden you're up to 19th. I don't 15. know. No, they were 19th last week. And oh, they beat Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I don't think – again, Tech is one of those brand names with Beamer Ball. It's, it's hard to rank Tech – because they are a very good program, and I, I think no one can take that away from them. There's 30 years of Beamer. Yeah, but it's not Beamer ball anymore. No. Like Fuente, Fuente ball. Yeah, Fuente football. It just doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> um, Coastal Carolina at 16. Again, mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic pick. Beat the brakes off of Kansas. Absolutely. I think Coastal Carolina could end up in the top 10 by the end of the season. Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss at 17, I don't see it. I mean, I think once they get more college or uh, more games under them, I can see them dropping down. I'm interested to see how Liberty fares against Ole Miss. If they I, I play think like, that's going to be a good game. I think. Uh, now Liberty had some trouble with Troy this past uh, this past weekend. Now they didn't. Now it was 
21 to 7 until those final few minutes in the fourth quarter, and then they scored 21 14. It took them forever to get to the end zone, though. I was watching the last little bit of that game, and it took them, oh my gosh, it took them, I think, uh, five or six plays to get to the end zone. Oh, it was it was rough. It was it was rough for Troy and then they got then they got it in, but they, they still lost. It was nice to see Liberty get that win. Nice little hometown. Absolutely. There. Wisconsin at eighteenth, Arizona at nineteenth, Arkansas twentieth after beating Tex number fifteenth, Texas. And I don't even think No, they're not ranked. It ranked <laughs> Wait, did they get it did they get any votes? I don't know, hold on. You're zooming in. Texas yeah, twenty three votes. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, that's that brand. Uh, so Arkansas up to 20th. UNC is 21st. I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, well, I'm not surprised they're still ranked. Um, I'm surprised they're not 25th, honestly. Yeah, look at Or like 24th or 23rd. Something I th there. Yeah. Um, Auburn is 22nd. Makes sense. Brigham Young, BYU is. <laughs> this is a nice little, uh, this is a little tidbit, little rabbit hole. So David Smoke, Smokey on Sikkim 365 Radio, he never refers to BYU as BYU. He always refers to them as Brigham Young. Had no idea who he's talking about. I've always known BYU to be <laughs> BYU. And he's sitting there going, Brigham Young, Brigham Young, Brigham Young. And I'm like, who in the world is Brigham Young? And then it finally it popped up, Brigham, Brigham Young with the BYU logo. And I went, oh, yeah. So it's like saying, "Who is this U school? I've never heard of this big U." Yeah, the yeah, yeah, Miami. So, um, but Brigham Young—that's nice. That is two out of the four that have that are ranked that are ranked for Big Twelve expansion. You only have two schools now out of the Big Twelve who are current members yep. who are ranked, and one of those members is leaving. The other one is staying. That's, I feel like that's awesome. That's a good pick, and that should motivate your other eight schools. Hey, we need to get our act together so we can get up there and win. Miami at twenty fourth, and Michigan at twenty fifth. Will Jim Harbaugh finally? Will this finally be the year to no. beat? <laughs> to no. Um, Short answer: No. No. Uh, looky, looky here. UCF gets yeah, 111. 111 votes. For the AP Top 25, TCU gets 103, Liberty gets 52, Michigan State gets 44, USC, even after that bad loss, gets 39. Oh, wait, they, they were ranked. Never mind. Yep. Uh, USC, 39. Indiana, 34. That surprises L me. Yeah. LSU gets 31. Look at hey, that. Hey, we're not ranked. <laughs> Kansas State gets 30 votes. Um, and they... We, LSU got one more vote than Kansas State. Yeah, and Yay. Kansas State was in a shootout with Southern Illinois, but Skylar Thompson had a season-ending end, end, yeah, injury, that. but it was a it was a rough mm. injury. Uh, Nevada got twenty-eight. Oklahoma State gets twenty-seven. Texas only gets twenty-three. Boo. We're back. No, you're not. Maryland gets fourteen. Kentucky gets thirteen. Pittsburgh always hit. Also gets thirteen. Stanford gets 10, Utah gets 9, Boston College gets 8, Fresno State gets 2, Texas Tech gets 2, Toledo gets 2, hey. and Army gets 1. <laughs> Woohoo. Go Army. <laughs> Go Army! <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, that is this week's Top 25 here on the Panther Pod. Um, and so now let's do, let's just do ODAC rankings. Okay. Um... So well, we're gonna we'll do a recap. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a quick recap for you. Um, in 
conference play this past week. Uh, what? Why? No. No, there was no conference. There was no conference. Okay. Um, there was no conference play this week, so it's kind of hard to tell uh, who's going where with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Shenandoah beat NC Wesleyan thirty to twenty-one. Good win for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Widener beat Hampton Sydney thirty-four to twenty-seven. Now zero two. I was talking to Ethan Berger today, and he said that Hampton Sydney is the Texas of the ODAC, and the fact that everybody thinks they're going to be good because they're Hampton Sydney. Absolutely, and they're not that that good. And I, I, can, I can get down with that, you know. Uh, speaking of a team who might, probably will be good this year, Randolph Macon's always good though. Uh, Randolph Macon destroyed Catholic sixty-two to ten. That that makes, that makes that's ner- hurt. That that makes you nervous for Farum when they have to roll into Randolph Macon to uh, absolutely when Randolph, you know, when they play Randolph Macon. Um, Bridgewater beat Southern Virginia, a former ODAC. Yep. Um, team, 35-17. to 17. Nice little win for Bridgewater. Bridgewater's another team. Watch out. Um, Washington and Lee beat Swanee. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Swanee. They beat the brakes off of them, 52 to nothing. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, uh, and then Guilford Methodist was postponed this week. I mean, COVID? Yeah, COVID. COVID, I figured. So, um, with that in mind, uh Hamden Sydney's last in the ODAC, zero and two. ODAC went four and one this year. Again, Hamden Sydney was the lone blemish. Of course, there was another. There was blemish last uh, last week. Yeah, um, I I think now is the time to start trying to reevaluate a little bit if you're Hampton Sydney. Um, of course, you still gotta you know still week four see what you're, where you're at week four. For all we know, you can come out two and two. Absolutely. Or week five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. I think now is the time to start reevaluating some of your offense mm-hmm. and seeing and cutting some of the fluff, honestly. Because if all you're doing is confusing your players with having an expanded playbook, uh, it's not going to help anything. Yeah. So, um, so who do you want to go? Who do you want to? Who's first? Uh, what do you mean? Who's first in the ODAC? Who's first in the ODAC mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Who 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 would you? I know. I haven't checked the ODAC rankings. I would say Randolph Macon, right? It has to be. It's got to be. I, if you I mean, because that's two dominating wins. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to say. It, it has to be Randolph Macon and then followed shortly by Washington Lee because they're both 2 now. Mm, I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Oh, Bridgewater. Bridgewater is. Oh, Bridgewater's ranked first. Okay. Bridgewater's ranked first. Randolph Macon is second. Shenandoah is third. Shenandoah, a nice little dark horse. And of course, um, Farum is only one and zero. They had that weird bye week, so it makes sense that they're fourth. I get that. Guilford is one and zero. Washington is is one and one. So they're seventh. And then Hamden Sydney is last. Or there, Washington is Lee is sixth. Hampton Sydney is seventh, their last with 0 and 2 in a two loss streak. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, if it would be great for Farum to win the ODAC, not for the fact that uh, for the fact that yes, you finally win the you get to win the ODAC, but also too now you're in the running for a Division three national title to make a run at the Stag Bowl. Absolutely, um, it would be an insane run for Farum, mm-hmm. especially hey. in this um, in your new coaches. 
first full year. Oh yeah, to win the ODAC. I mean, what better way to make a statement? Than Be that? awesome. Be awesome. Uh, if we if we can beat Randolph Macon, I think we have a great chance of winning the ODAC. Um, I my main concern with Farron football right now mm-hmm. is, uh, like you said, Randolph Macon, of course, just because of their high powered offense. Mm-hmm. And then Bridgewater's defense just looks unstoppable. I think Faram's run game needs a little improvement. Faram's defense, defense looks good. Uh, tighten up maybe a little bit. But I think running game is something you need to really, really look on. Um, Titus Jones is good. If he, can, if he can stay healthy and stay consistent, he'll do well. Um, so... Uh, I'm excited. Farm's going to have a good season. And even if they don't win the ODAC and they finish second, they still get to go to a bowl game. Yeah, that would be awesome. For so that would be great. But you have some great, great D3 schools out there up in Wisconsin and North Carolina, you know. So mm-hmm. so just be on the watch out, on the lookout for them. Um, um, this Saturday is all-conference play in the ODAC. Except uh, for With the exception of Farham and CNU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Shenandoah at Hampton Sydney. Uh, we'll see if Hampton Sydney can bounce back from that zero and two start. Mm-hmm. And again, they might just be sluggish. You you never know. Yeah. Uh, Guilford at Washington and Lee, uh, Randolph making at Bridgewater, that, which is going to be probably. I think that's our game of the week. It, it has to be. That's I mean, got to be our game of the week. One and number two facing off. That's that's yeah. As much as we are Farum fans here. It's, uh, it's hard to beat that. That's that again. That's like Alabama and Georgia going up against each other. You know, absolutely, and not make like you know that they're that good. But it's just saying that like they're number one, number two. They're best in the ODAC, and they you know I think that's our game of the week. We need to really, really look on that one. Um, and then Farum at CNU. Um, I, I think Farum can win if they come out and play like how they played in the Avery game. Well, see, CNU lost to Avery. Yeah. So I, mean, I think. CNU is one and one, winning against Washington Lee at home and mm-hmm. losing to Averett at Averett. But Averett was that was an overtime win, yeah, or overtime loss. I'm sorry, Averett had an overtime win, but CNU lost. So, but you know, looking at his stats last week, um, CNU's quarterback Matt Zersky. Zersky. Oh, so the D is silent. Okay, yep. Zersky um, was 17 for 31, 203 yards, 100, um, one touchdown, one touch, 100 touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> one Jameis Winston two point yeah. baby. Uh, yeah, one touchdown, sixty rushing yards. Not bad. No. I mean, not one a passing bad touchdown. Yeah. No, um, like, I think that that'd be interesting to see him go up against Titus Jones. I think that's going to be an uh, that's going to be a great quarterback matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of used Averett as our guinea pig because both teams have already played them. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of hard to see how good Farron's going to be against a team other than Averett. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Titus Jones, and both of these stat lines were against Averett. Yeah. Titus Jones against Averett was 21 for 30, 239, 12, or, uh, and three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. And 57 rushing yards. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities in those stats. And, honestly, I think it's going to be which quarterback is uh, on their game more, Titus Jones or Matt Zersky? Does Titus Jones get a rushing touchdown this game? Uh, I, I think that it's highly likely, especially if they get in those red zone packages that they mm-hmm. were in at the Avery game, mm-hmm. um, and especially if they can't get their running game going, well, which I know is has been their struggle the past couple games or 
Uh, and if he if there's there's if he can't find anything in the pocket, he can break free and get and he. Oh yeah, he's got the speed. He's got the speed, and if there's space, he'll get the first down. One hundred percent. I think he gets at least one rushing touchdown. Um, I can I go point five. How do you can I go? Ha- can I go like half a touchdown? How do you go half a touchdown? I don't know. I mean, he gets them to the one yard line. They kick a field goal and or, go for two afterwards. I don't know. Or or is that more like a a toss or a option? I, yeah, technically it would be an option. Anyway, maybe um, I, I don't know. I would say I'm fifty fifty on it. Um, and, and I think it mostly depends on CNU's red zone defense yeah. because they were fairly good. Against Avery, mm-hmm. so um, what's your win score, or what's your uh, what's your prediction for score? Uh, I'm gonna go 28-21. Farum gets it. They they win by a touchdown. I say 28-24. They win by four. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That'll be a nice little interesting game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think either way it's going to be an offensive show. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you know sixty two ten or fifty two. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. And to be honest, I don't think I don't think there is a game where Farron could do that. Maybe Apprentice. Yeah, that, um, that'll be interesting to see what they can do against them. May, maybe Apprentice, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't think there. I don't. I don't think any of Farron's game, any of the games that Farron plays. Is going to be a uh, shootout, no. or, or not a shootout? It ain't going to be a blowout. Blowout. Yeah. blowout. I think it's going to be, you know, old school football. A lot of like twenty-eight to tens, twenty-one sevens, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, there's still going to be defense in the game. Absolutely. So, um, but if any of you are traveling, or you can watch it if you Google Farum football schedule and click on the. Um, Click on the CNU game. There should be live. You can get live stats and maybe live video coverage on the schedule. It should be pop. It should pop up right there on the schedule when you Google it. You can also add it to your ESPN app. Uh, yes. If you search Ferrum mm-hmm. uh, and get live updates on the game that way. Yes. Well. I don't know if you can if it's on GameCast. If you can watch the GameCast, I don't but think you, it. I don't think it will be. No, but you can watch the score go up and down. You know. Absolutely. So yes, add on to your ESPN, one of your favorite teams, uh, to keep up with it. They play at Christopher Newport this uh, this week, one p.m. I think it's one p.m. One p.m. Yeah, or, it's one p.m. I think I'm looking ahead to next week. Let's make sure we're gonna fact check here from football schedule. I say we're just gonna Google it right here. Sorry, six p.m. Six p.m. One p.m. is apprentice. Okay. Yeah, one p.m. is apprentice. Six p.m. at Christopher Newport. Uh, we're gonna keep up with it all day as long as uh, um, along with Farum and what or <laughs> along with LSU and West Virginia. <laughs> Absolutely. So gotta keep up with it. Um, I think I think Farron go two and up start off the season, which is nice. And then that um, Randolph Macon is a is a home game and the ODAC opener. So I feel better that Randolph Macon is coming here. Farron fans, yes, please, Farron fans, show up for that one. Be the twelfth man on that field. And then October's a rough a rough month after Randolph Macon. You you go at you go to Bridgewater. 
then go uh, you come back home for the homecoming game against Shenandoah, which is shaping up to be, apparently, looking like a good game. Um, then you're at Hebden and Sydney, and then Guilford is a home game, and that'll be the last game. That'll be a Hall of Fame game. And then November, you roll into November at Washington Lee and close out the season with the Crooked Road Classic at Emory and Henry. Which is always going to be an awesome game. Always going to be an awesome game. We might make the trip. Um, it's only a two-hour drive, so we might make the trip to get up there. We'll just see. Um, but we are going to have something a little special for the Emory and Henry Farm game. We're not going to tell you what it is yet, but we are going to have something a little bit special. Um, and and kind of, I guess kind of a surprise. Um uh, for the upcoming Emory and Henry and Farrell game. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but one last thing, Cole. I want to know your top three new Big 12 rivals with BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston coming in. Mm. I think... So, my question to you is, do you want me to include the rivals that are currently existing in the Big 12 that I think are going to be better than those, or do you want me to make new rivals for the teams? Make new rivals. Um, right off the bat, Cincinnati WU. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, that's going back, an old Big East rival. Absolutely. I think that's going to be uh, starting off. I mean, I think it's going to be a great rivalry for both programs, uh, bring a lot of eyes to the product. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can do like a, a Cincinnati and UCF kind of thing, maybe you know, because um, they are the American. You know. Yeah, I, I could see Cincinnati and UCF. Actually, I'll, I'll make that my number three. Okay. Um, just because it, it's an old rivalry, not mm-hmm. really old, but it's it's an old school Power Five rivalry that both teams have elevated their play to get out of Power Five and make it into the Big Twelve. I um, I could also see Houston UCF. Honestly, I could see that being a good rivalry. Could be, yeah. Um, Especially with Gus Miles on up there. Yep. Um, but for my second one, um, I would say probably BYU and Kansas State. Mm. Yeah, just because I I'm excited to see how BYU is going to perform uh-huh. uh, in a conference and see how well they're going to stack up. Yeah. What about you? What's your uh, well, top you, three? You took one of my three. So I I'm sorry. It, it was Cincinnati, West Virginia. Yeah, of which, course, it which was. is a, it's a given. I have, and I shouldn't say this, but I do. West Virginia, I think, will have two new rivals. One of the rivals I think that's going to got to get revamped is BYU and TCU. Oh, that would be awesome because that's an old Mountain West rival, and I think uh, I should have said TCU, Houston. Yes. TCU or any of the Texas schools, really. Yeah. Any of the absolutely. Texas schools. But TCU and Houston would be a good one because they're in that Fort Worth, Dallas, Houston market area, you know. Um, but uh, so TCU and BYU, Old Mountain West, I think that would be a good one. Good one. West Virginia and BYU. Battle of I can the, see it. Battle, like the mountain man, the battle of the mountains kind of thing. West Virginia's out in the old Appalachians. And then BYU is out on the Rockies. You know, I, I, I can see, you know, I could see that. I, yeah, I could see that's hard travel. That's hard traveling, though, for those. Yeah, because that teams. would be that would be the longest travel time in the conference yes. outside of uh, BYU and UCF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be that would be a, a, a tough one. Um, 
And I want to say West Virginia versus Houston solely because Holgerson's a Houston. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And I can say it, but I don't know how much longer Holgerson will be there. So I'm not going to say that one. I think... I think, and these are two teams who are already in the Big 12, I think it'll be Iowa State and Oklahoma State that start to battle it out. And then you throw in, you can throw in West Virginia to kind of be a three-way rival Yeah. Um, of these of these teams that are now, I think, can be the top of the conference. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think West Virginia is put into a place to succeed with this new Big 12. Or this new look Big 12, I should say. And I think as a West Virginia fan, you should be okay if, if like what you did with the Big East, is you went out and you won the Big East, dominated the Big East, and then you go out and you win your big bowl games. That shows the rest of the country that, hey, the Big the Big 12 is here to play. Or like the Big, you know, showed, showed everybody, hey, the Big East is here to play. We're not just some pushover conference. You know, West Virginia is going out and winning these big-time conference games, these big-time yeah. Bowl games, but they're also in shootouts and conference games. So that means like all the rest of the teams in that conference are pretty. Oh, they're right there with you. Yeah. So I think if that if that is what it can be, and you get still get automatic playoff. Yeah. Or uh, playoff placement or what I can't remember. Or automatic bowl. Yeah. Playoff contention. Automatic playoff contention. Automatic bowl contention. I think with this new Big Twelve conference and a, the right schedule. West Virginia fans can feel more comfortable. And I think also it'll be an East and West division. I know they haven't talked about it. It's kind of on the back burner right now. Yeah, I think the main thing is just trying to figure out uh, realignment. Realignment and TV deals. I think I think it'd be great to have CBS come on board. You know, it seems like CBS has kind of been kicked to the curb with SEC and ESPN, <laughs> you know. So I don't see why not. And then maybe throw in like a third company like or, a, or third parties like um, Apple. Uh, Apple, oh, that would be that Apple, would be awesome. Apple TV Prime. I think it, Prime is very accessible. A lot of people have Prime. Why not try Prime? I, and or do you like Hulu Sports or anything like something that. like that. And I think for if you're a West Virginia fan, you don't want to hear that because there are places in West Virginia you don't even get internet, you don't get cell service, things like that. So you have to listen to um, Tony radio Creed, broadcast, radio yeah. broadcast, which is the voice of West Virginia, Tony Caridi. Which I mean, everybody likes Tony Creedy. You know, he he is a true Mountaineer, but um, but yeah, I would rather watch the game than listen to it. And that's no offense. It's just I enjoy watching the game. Absolutely. Better. So, but yeah, that is um, that's going to be all for episode three. And uh, be on the lookout for Farum Farum versus Christopher Newport next week. Farum comes home versus Apprentice Apprentice at one p.m. See y'all then. See y'all. Catch y'all then.